Why do people delegate enjoyment? For example, why do people record TV programs instead of watching them? Why do people want to drive huge SUVs in narrow city centers? And why is that the opposite of interactivity? And what does all of this have to do with your brand and the needs of your clients? Sweet people, how's it going? It's time for a quick coffee break and some inspiration on brand building and content strategy. My name is Mark Zeus, I'm your host and this is the Creative Coffee Break. Today I want to talk to you about Robert Pfaller's theory of interpassivity, delegated consumption and enjoyment. Applicable to both art and everyday life, the concept allows us to tackle a vast range of phenomena culture, art, sports, but also brand building and communication. Learning about this theory will help you understand the needs of your clients and address them on a deeper, more meaningful level. It can even help you to develop new services or products. Before we get started, a quick word from today's sponsor. Sweet people, Christmas is just around the corner. If you're like me, you probably haven't got all your presents yet. So, I have an idea for you. They say the best gifts are the ones that you would like to have yourself, but don't treat yourself to it in everyday life. So how about an indulgent gift for your loved ones? Something that tastes delicious and puts you in a good mood during the dark season. I'm of course talking about Rösternest Coffee. The family-owned coffee roastery offers a variety of carefully hand-roasted specialty Blends. High quality beans and a gentle individual roasting makes Rösternest coffee a real taste experience. All blends are currently available in a special edition with a great winter season design and as a gift set, beautifully packed and ready to be given as a gift. With the promo code SWEETSPOT10, listeners of this podcast get 10% off of any order till April 30th. Visit rösternest.de and use promo code SWEETSPOT10 for caffeinated, tasty presents. All infos, as always, in the show notes. And now, sweeties, let's start with our creative coffee break. Freshly brewed inspiration, delicious news and hot tips to wake up your brand building. This is the Creative Coffee Break with Mark Seuss. Okay, sweet people, today I want to introduce you to the theory of interpassivity from Robert Pfaller, an Austrian philosophy professor. His theory is not taught at business school or as a marketing tool, but when I first stumbled across this thing, it fundamentally changed my perspective on what brands actually offer and what they should communicate. I read Pfaller's articles and books, I wrote my master's thesis about interpassivity and social networks, and whenever I contemplate consumption motives or emotional connection to brands, I think about him and the interpassivity theory. So let me briefly share this with you, because I think this can really help you. As Pfaller writes on his own website, the theory of interpassivity was born in Linz, Austria in 1969. From there it traveled to Nuremberg and to Berlin and in 2000 it appeared in the form of a book for the first time. And from then on it took off like a storm across humanities and social science and more publications followed. 
So to give you an idea of what interpassivity means, let me quote Robert Faller straight from his book Interpassivity, the Aesthetics of Delegated Enjoyment. Interpassivity is a widespread but mostly unacknowledged form of cultural behavior. It consists in letting others, like other people, or animals or machines, etc., not work but consume in one's place. When certain people, for example, take care that others drink their beer for them, photocopy or print texts out instead of reading them, let recording devices watch TV programs in their place, use ritual machines to pray or believe for them vigorously, or are happy that certain TV comedies already laugh about themselves, we have to speak of interpassivity. These actions are based on certain subjects' preferences to delegate their enjoyment instead of having it themselves. This obviously raises a number of quite uncanny fundamental questions. Why do certain people do not want to have their own enjoyment? And why do they, if they do not want to enjoy, go to such great pains in order to ensure that somebody else enjoys in their place? The theory of interpassivity has had considerable impact on several disciplines such as philosophy, art theory, psychoanalysis, media theory and as I suggest, also for brand building and communication. Holy moly, right, is this an exciting idea or what? Okay, let's unpack this bit by bit. Let's start with the interactivity versus interpassivity. Interactive media are characterized by the fact that they instruct the viewer to productively intervene and take over actions. The little-noticed counterpart to this are interpassive media. They free the viewer from the task of viewing. The prefix inter is important because it is a transfer. Interactive media transfer the activity to the viewer. Interpassive media transfer passivity. That's what Pfaller means by letting others consume in one's place. This phenomenon can be observed in many situations, as mentioned above. A lot of Pfaller's examples are a bit dated, though. I believe that media consumption and brand communication or brand interaction has become even more interpassive over the last years. Take social media, for example. As mentioned, I wrote my master thesis about interpassivity in social media. If you break it down into several identifiers or features, you could name a delegating person, so the user, the delegating act, sharing, liking, reposting, proxies to enjoy on our behalf, like the avatars in the social networks, and so on and so forth, you'll find social media is highly interpassive, which is odd because The whole premise of such networks and apps is to engage, connect and interact with other people, which doesn't actually happen. The same goes for a lot of media consumption in games, movies and other platforms where we interact with brands, book services or buy products. Robert Faller has written numerous lectures and books on this subject. This here is just a very brief outline and invitation to further explore this theory for yourself if you also think, like me, your brand can benefit from it. So how does interpassivity actually affect your brand communication? What is there to discover about previously hidden customer needs? If we engage in an interpassive way with brand services or products, as we do in almost every single online medium to a certain degree, 
That means we do not interact with them. We delegate certain things towards them. I believe that's the reason why many people drive big, clumsy, expensive SUVs in narrow, clogged streets in the big cities. Because we delegate our idea of freedom and adventure to the car. We long for weekends on the countryside, climbing mountains and getting our hands dirty. But not really. We're in love with the idea. And that's why it's so incredibly convenient to just buy a car that feels like adventure. That gives us the status and the charisma of an adventurer without ever getting out of our gentrified neighborhood. Interpassivity is probably the reason why people buy gym memberships and never actually go. Or buy new fancy running shoes and never leave the house with them. Their bad conscience is soothed and that's enough. We buy books we don't read, e-learning classes we never take, watch Michelin stars cook on streaming services while shoving fast food down our own throats. The services, products and brands we trust not always have to fulfill our needs and desires. Sometimes we want to delegate our desires and pleasures to them. This at first maybe seems like a subtle difference, but if you think about it and let it sink in, my dear what a difference. Interacting with your brand limits your audience to a certain time, attention span, budget or other resources. But an interpassive relation with your brand can go a very different way. What if your product satisfies a need in which it is not being used? What if the absence of users becomes an indicator of success? Let's explore these possibilities, sweet people. We're all filled with contradictions in our media and consumption behavior, and quite many of them, in my opinion, can be explained with interpassivity. Brands that understand and address these behaviors and needs or interpassive desires will build deeper connection with their audience. They can even develop new services and products that cater interpassive needs. So before you simply save this podcast to a list you'll never check again or bookmark it to not be forgotten, but also never to be read, think about what interpassive elements or concepts you can actually integrate into your brand. I'm happy to hear your thoughts or questions on this one. That's our coffee break for today. If you want to learn more about brand building strategies and design, visit sweetspot.studio and check out my workshops, coaching and design studio services. Stay caffeinated and I'll hear you on the sweet side. This podcast is produced by Sweet Spot Studio. New episodes each week, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, leave a rating and subscribe to never miss an episode. Find out more at sweetspot-studio.com.